Tom Bernard Show with Joe Zimmerman, Joe Dillon, Joe Zimmerman, Joe Dillon, Bob Joe Zimmerman, Dillon. Bob Zimmerman, JB. You have to introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Brandon. Andy Brad Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Perfect. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. It's a great song. Yeah. Hello, Aerosmith. He's a normal guy, too. I think I'll put out a country album. What? Actually, that song that he, um, I think it was the single that he released from that album, it wasn't that bad. Birdie, birdie. It, wasn't, it was that kind of country rock. Oh, you it know? Was, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't horrendous. Maybe I'll find it and play it for some music. Like J.C. McCall or whatever? <laughs> Great idea. C.W. McCall. C.W. McCall. Yeah. When Andy was in 10th grade, I think it was. About then. What was the name of that place we used to go to? The I hamburger have, place. Oh, um, Made Right. Made Right. Yeah. Do they you know still what have Made Right? I don't. I don't know. They're hamburgers. Only they're not patties. They're just crumbled up hamburger. They're really delicious. Oh, actually. Loose meat sandwich. Yeah. yeah. So like a loose meat sandwich. Wow. We go over there, and Andy would play 
convoy by C.W. McCall <laughs> over and over and over. Like, people were complaining. He's got to stop playing that song. Because <laughs> once a week, I would go to fencing, and Dad would pick me up, and we'd go to Maid right on the way home. Yep. I might finally try a Juicy Lucy tomorrow. Oh, Those are good. Oh, yeah. I like them. Do not bite into it immediately. Yeah. No. Stick a fork or something. Yeah, yeah, stick a fork in it. Do cut not it in bite half. It. Or... It's hotter than hell. Okay. Yeah. It's good, lava. Good warning. It is lava. That's exactly what it is, is lava. Perfect. Apparently, the closest Maid right is in St. Cloud. So Aww. I've never heard of them. Yeah. They, there used to be a few of them around, more than a few of them around, but I did, if for some reason, I think they're just too sloppy. You know, people like the patty because it just stays between the bun, and if you so, don't handle a bun right. So what's the difference between a loose meat and a sloppy joe? Uh, there's no tom- and there's no tomato sauce on the on the loose meat. Side. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's literally just like ground beef sprinkled on a bun, and then you like compressed by friction. Huh. Hey. Compressed by friction. Good because stuff. Tying this back to Roseanne, mm-hmm. her and her sister had a loose meat um, sandwich shop. Wow. They did. In, in the sh- in, oh, the in the show. show. Was wow. it was it made right? No, it was just there. <laughs> place wow did not remember that yeah this was in the first generation of shows i love this donald trump's home state of new york just sued him today god (laughs) the state for yes the state sued him for illegal conduct regarding which apparently a charity i guess oh regarding a fake charity it must be a i would think the only thing it could be is a fake charity. I'll, i'll read the story very quickly or part of the story anyway the New York Attorney General on, oh, it was yesterday, on Thursday, filed suit against President Trump and his three eldest children, alleging persistently illegal conduct at the president's personal charity, saying Trump repeatedly misused the nonprofit to pay off his business's creditors to decorate one of his golf clubs and to stage a multi-million dollar giveaway at his 2016 campaign events. So how does that differ with anything that Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush did? They all did that. Hey, don't ask me. I don't. I don't have this info, Tom. <laughs> I don't have this info. That was a good job at ducking. <laughs> great job at ducking, right there. <laughs> I, I don't like Republicans or Democrats. I just don't care for that extremism. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's fifty percent of people believe one thing, and fifty percent of people are wrong. I don't understand why there's such a big issue. Yeah, see, there you go. Fifty percent are wrong. That's just how it is. It's just people see things differently. God, it's I like just... no, it's like Republican Democrat is like, kind of like the blue and black dress and the or the the blue and gold what you dress. See. Yeah, or the black and white. It's just people see different things. Oh God. Bill Cosby today fired his attorneys. Yes, the attorneys were the problem, yeah. Bill. The attorneys were wrong, not you. He fired his attorney. <laughs> he fired his attorneys. Oh, boy. Well, it's, yeah, what are they going to do for he him already, at this point? He already lost a case. Yeah. yeah. Is he officially going to jail now or not? Uh, I think so. says here that he's given all his money to Camille, so none of the women who filed suit against him can collect because it'll be her money, not hmm. his. I find that I feel like they could just get her in a civil suit. Oh, yeah, you probably. Think. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Bill Cosby and his wife of 54 years, Camille Cosby, are not divorcing, according to his rep. Andrew Wyatt tells people that the Radar Online report uh, that the two are headed for a split and that Camille has moved out of the Philadelphia home where con- uh, the convicted comedian remains on house arrest is ridiculous. They're not breaking up. Those kids are staying together. I've, she, she probably figures he's already porked about 800 other women, so what's the difference? 
How's anything going to change? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, that's a lot to stay with your husband for. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't. That's that's about as loyal as you can get. Although, if the guy's worth a couple hundred million, that probably does help. Yeah. Yeah, but she's going to inherit it all anyway. She's going to get it all. Yeah, she is absolutely. You know, we just found out they they they're not bringing back the Jerry Springer show. After 27 years, they're not going to bring it back. I didn't even know it was still going. I had no idea. But he is only worth $45 million. That's How do it? you have a TV show for 27 years and that all you got left is $45 million? Something <laughs> tells me he's a impulsive spender. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? I, well, didn't, I don't when, know. When your main advertiser is 1-800-ASK-GARY, I, I don't was think... That, it, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't think you're getting a lot of ad money. <laughs> well, he was making $7 million a year back 20 years ago. I know that. He just he must not have invested at all no. or well or just <laughs> or at well, all. I'm sure he figured he was going to be, away. like, you know, a huge thing forever. And yeah. Well, plus a couple of his former employees are doing the same stick that he... Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Steve, Steve guy, yeah. Steve guy and then somebody else. And it's like, you know. I did love the fact that he took the guy who has no body from, from the navel down and had him walking around on his hands for one season. Maybe he had longer. You ever seen that guy? Oh, no. no. It sounds like something Jerry Springer would have. Andy, yeah. would, well, maybe I should try to bring it up on my computer because you can't really turn yeah. these around so people can see it. No, I cannot. He would he would run around on his hands on the Jerry Springer show because literally from here down there was nothing. Hmm. From the navel down, there he had no butt, he had no pubic bone, weird? he had no legs, but he did a he did a song and it was kind of like walking on my hands or something like that. <laughs> he actually released a song, <laughs> so God bless the guy. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But I just think people have, are pretty worn out on the, I, I'm going to get in a fist fight mm -hmm. over somebody I don't even care for or even know. You like, slept with my sister's husband or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, <clears throat> that whole thing is rather odd. Mm -hmm. That people would go on there and air their dirty laundry like that. Well, if you think about it, probably most of the viewers were probably, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Or, or shut-in elderly. Yeah. yeah I know... Uh, Ron Majors, who used to be here, his brother Paul Majors also used to be an anchor here. But Ron went down to, to Chicago, and where the Jerry Springer show was taped is was in the, I think it was the WGN building, I'm not sure. I think that's where it was. But so Ron used to run into him in the hallway all the time. <laughs> like, hey, Jerry, what's going on? And he goes, oh, you know, I'm just... It's tough, Ron. It's tough. I know the show's a piece of garbage, but I'm making like $7 million a year. So, you know, he would complain about his own show, but he was making so much money he couldn't walk yeah. away from yeah. it. Yeah, he probably isn't. He probably wasn't that happy with his life or career to some extent. Well, he did get popped for writing a check to a hooker when he was mayor of Cincinnati. A check go. to a hooker. Hey, he wrote a check to a hooker. Uh, when he was mayor of Cincinnati. So that, that's that's just dumb on several it levels. It really yeah. is. Not very bright. Yeah, it's like the second worst check you can write after, like, Hitman. Two Hitman. Memo killing political opponent. Killed hooker. <laughs> Kill hooker. You, you, Kill now you have hooker. a paper trail. Yeah. Yep. Now you have... So, and this might have been too far in advance of these days of... Uh, of stealing somebody's identity, but you know they had all your basically all your pertinent information on a piece of paper yeah. that you've given your signature on to. 
No, no your your exactly bank account right. and everything, your address, your phone number, everything. Maybe that's why he only has forty five million left because he had to pay out so many payoffs to, mm. to hookers or something. Maybe that's what it is. Is he? I don't think he's married. Is he? He was at one. He time. was at one time. I know that. But he's a very pleasant guy to interview. I'll tell you that. He's just oh, very... you've interviewed Jerry Springer. Oh, many times. Oh, I love this. It's yeah, pretty he... cool. Tell us a fun fact about Jerry Springer. <laughs> he person. is married. Oh, he is he's married. been married since 1973. Holy crap. See, she stuck with him through the hookerism? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> hookerism. <laughs> really? I'm Mickey Velton. <laughs> Mickey Velton? Yep. What Boy. the hell kind of name is Mickey Velton? I thought that was a private detective in the 40s. Oh, wait. Well, okay, it's wrong. They divorced in 94. I was going to say, that was when the hooker thing happened, wasn't <laughs> it? He's yeah, very it's... smart, though. Yeah, he's I mean, a very smart guy. I think Great. his show, it was just that mindless entertainment where yeah. you could just, you know... I, I personally, I liked watching it. It was just so stupid and fun and just like, like all your cares could go out the window. I'm just focusing on this and my life is not that bad. We found though. Jerry's demo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jerry's demo. Jerry Springer's demo, Cassie. Now we're talking. We would just sit around and just laugh as a family, just watching it and just laughing. Nice. Well, yeah. it was pretty bizarre. There's it no was. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Did you hear this morning we, on the morning show we had a woman on whose husband died of leukemia and she she's having their second child. She's 11 weeks pregnant and he's been dead for like a year and a half. Wow. He was a Minnesota State Trooper and she was in the Army National Guard when they met and they, she just, they fell in love and they had a child and then they were going to have another child and they found out he had leukemia so he... They stored his sperm. And I was going to say this had the boys. to be. <laughs> the math ain't right. <laughs> I was going to say, huh? I was gonna say that's a long pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, it's a long pregnancy. That's I've been that's pregnant long... for 28 months. No, I was going to say that's a delay in the start of this, isn't there? Yeah, there was. <laughs> but now there's a story just popped up. Two 72-year-old women discover they were switched at birth. What? That's not good news. Oh, no. I was really supposed to be another person. Two 72-year-old women discover they were switched at birth after taking 23andMe tests. That's one reason to take 23andMe. The the doctors had an accident, do you think? (laughs) Uh, Or was it on purpose? I think back then they just, a lot of nurses didn't really care that much. So they were just like, yeah, this is the right baby, I'm pretty sure. There you go. I do this because one of our biggest advertisers is a Polish bank at North American Banking Company. Uh, Linda Jordan and Denise Juneski. So she went from being a classy French woman to a Polak. I mean, you know, think about that. It's just, there, that's for you, Bilski. Anyway, um, Linda Jordan and Denise Juneski always felt that they didn't quite fit in their family. See, here's what I love. 72 years later, I knew I didn't yeah, fit in. Yeah, really, come on. I didn't have a clue. Didn't no, you didn't fit in. Yeah, you waited this long? Okay. Denise was, well, it says here Denise was a blonde in a sea of brunettes and redheads. Well, I was a brunette, and her mother was a redhead, oh, but yeah. our daughter's blonde. Yeah, I was about to say, Alex is the only blonde in the entire in the family, entire family. Basically. And she's a real blonde, too. She doesn't dye her hair, so I don't know what the hell this means. Maybe, Alex. No, actually, she looks exactly <laughs> like the family, so. Well, she, we've also both taken 23 and Me, and, you know. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah. What'd you find out again? It wasn't good news. <laughs> what? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was so bummed by my Ancestry.com results. You know, those commercials, really? they're like, I found out I'm... From Ethiopia, and then they're wearing a fun hat. They're wearing a fun hat. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? And I'm like, ooh, what am I going to discover about myself? And it's just 100% 
Caucasian white man <laughs> from Europe. From Europe. Probably the most boring results Zimmerman you've ever seen. German? Is there, Zimmerman German? I had a little bit of UK, a little bit of Europe. And the, I mean, there was no traces of anything interesting. Me either. I, I, Andy basically took ours. And, and I, I am literally from every country that white people are from yeah. western europe you know. western europe you know or, or a little bit of Scandinavia. Oh, except for, yeah there's no like spain or france or anything and it's all just up, like you wound up in minnesota yeah how'd that happened all of the all of the minnesota lineages yeah oh the minnesota lineage. you're either oh here we go <laughs> um i didn't i didn't expect volume to come over <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm but i'm looking at my my brother did the 23 and me oh nice and look at your turns skin Turns out he's 100% Irish. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there are black Irish. Uh, the lead singer for uh, Thin Lizzy. Yeah, I'm sure there mm-hmm. are all four black Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, we're 4.9 Scandinavian. Oh, that's right. You are 4.9% 4. 4. 9 Scandinavian, Scandinavian, which I think is phenomenal. <laughs> which is about as Scandinavian as I am, actually. <laughs> we found out that JB's real name is Olaf. <laughs> uh, so that'd be good. Yeah, 50, 55, almost 55% Nigerian, 22% uh, Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. Six, almost 6% Kenyan. And then the next one is Scandinavian. Yeah. Scandinavian is phenomenal. <laughs> and nice. then 12% of five other uh, countries in Africa. Were, yep. Yeah. yeah. I found out some bizarre stuff about my family lineage and ancestry through Ancestry.com. Just yeah. like last month, I found out that I am Russian Jewish. Russian oh. Jewish. I had no idea. And that was my biological grandfather. He was kind of a con artist. Is that, is that oh. different than the Ashkenazi? Or is that yeah, Ashkenazi is a different thing. Oh, Ashkenazi oh. is more, it's more closely tied to Israel, I oh, think. Because well, it Israel? Yeah, because I knew, I knew it was Spanish like... What are the Spanish Jews called? 100%. I mean, I thought I was Scots-Irish, they like have their own mostly. Name. But yeah, I, I found out I was Russian-Jewish. It said Eastern, Western, or how did it word it? Like Central to Eastern, like uh, Jewish. And I'm like, how... How? You know, I'm like, where did that come from? And then we dug deep into it, and we found out my great-grandfather, lied. or no, my grandfather, lied on his uh, marriage license. Oh. We thought he was born in Scotland. Mm. He was arrested for bigamy. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, and the reason why he left my grandmom and my dad at such a young age is because my grandma was going to turn him into the authorities oh. for bigamy because she found out. And we just found out my dad has, like, 12 to 14 half-siblings that he had no clue about. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's bizarre. We should mention, by the way, that it was Cassie's grandfather that Michael Jackson was talking about when he said the Jews do it on purpose. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So, I still can't believe he got away with saying that. If you have enough fame, you can say whatever you want. The Jews do it on purpose. (laughs) Really? You don't mind him saying that, huh? (laughs) Joe, what a great pleasure to see you again. Great to see you. Tonight, tomorrow night... Wonderful club, Acme. Please come. I'm pretty sure you'll do fine. It'll be super fun. It'll be super fun. The shows have been so fun, yeah. That's excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming by. It was wonderful to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. 
This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Call or visit Flow's newest dealer in Chanhassen. Lakeshore Equipment, 952-474-DOC or lakeshoreequipment.com, of course. Flow docks and lifts, a better way. Ashkenazi refers to Jewish settlers among Western Germany and Northern France who adopted the traditions of Israel and then moved back there later. Now, how about Spanish Jews? What are they called? Sheikh? Oh, no, no, no. It's the, it's, um starts with an S, I think. Uh, Sephardic? Sephardic! There you go! Sephardic Jews are Spanish Jews. Thank huh. you. God, I haven't heard no, that Sephardi word. Sephardi means Hispanic. In mm-hmm. Hebrew, apparently. Yep. Well, all right then. Too bad your name is Farty. I know. <laughs> you know, that's unfortunate. Well, Sephiroth sounds better. Although Catherine did turn my own granddaughter against me when she told her, where she goes, Bop Bop, where's Bop Bop? She said, oh, Bop Bop is, he's having problems. He's poopy. <laughs> so now she refers to me as Bop Bop Poopy. Yeah, great. Bop Bop Poopy. Yeah, that's great. I can finally tell you what um, Alex and... Uh, God, why am I blanking out? Alex and Dan. Dan. We're originally going to teach her to say, call you. What? Grumpy. <laughs> They were not. Yes, they were. Grumpy. I'm never grumpy. I was in a great mood, god damn it. That's now, all I have to say. It was it was gonna be grumpy. And she swore us not to tell you that they were grumpy. Yeah. It was gonna be grumpy. So Nobody's ever in a better mood than I am. <laughs> so now you have a name that's worse. Bop bop poopy. Bop bop poopy's even worse. Uh, it just gets my life gets worse by the minute. 
Oh, by the way, I, and I and I was trying to remember, but I knew I had saw this next week. Our buddy Arch Barker is at Acme, and I think Todd Glass is at Royal Comedy, and I am Arch is at Acme. Yep, he used to always week. do Royal. Uh, he always used to do uh, the House Comedy. No, he was always at the House Comedy. No, he's, he's at, at Acme. Acme. Yeah, Arch Barker. Who's at the House Comedy next week? Because uh, we got Todd Glass and we got Arch Barker, and I love Arch. Arch is a wonderful guy. I love no. it when he does impressions. It's hilarious. Now you're asking me to do a lot on a on a phone. Tom. Andy could just look it up. Who's at Acme next week, Andrew? No, I should have just asked House for of Andy. Comedy next week. All right, House Comedy next week. That's right. It's House Arch Comedy next week. Let's see here. Let us take a gander. Um, their site is not the greatest. Pierre Douglas, I think. No. Uh, Michael Blackson. Michael Blackson. I, I also think, think it's their site is not good. Well, they have they have special presentations, so yeah. they'll have like one on a Wednesday night only. Oh uh, yeah, and that's... right, right. Okay, Pierre. I think. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Mike Vecchioni. Yes. Pretty oh, Mike sure. Vecchioni, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, because that says June twenty first to the twenty fourth. Yeah, it's Mike Vecchioni. Yeah, it is Mike Vecchioni. Yeah, okay, Mike good. Michael Blackson, which sounds very close to. Michael yes. Blackshear, which is my brother's Or name. Michael Jackson. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> He's just doing one night. Yes, the 20th. Mm-hmm. Is Michael Blackson Blackson? Yes, he's African. True yeah, African. I think he's, he's Kenyan or yeah. something. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. So, he makes, so, he has so two yeah. camels. No, yeah. he, no, that's how he talks. Does he really? Yeah, so he's got there were accent. two giraffes that came into my yard. Yeah, he is native African. Yeah. Which is weird that his name is Michael Blackson. You'd think it would be, you know... Something that sounds less American. It does sound pretty American. He was born in Ghana. Ghana. Although, oh, he moved to the U.S. in '87 when he was only oh, yeah, 15. That's right. He's a, he's actually a very nice guy. So yeah, he might have been named something else. Although I think they speak English in Ghana, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he doesn't have that much of an accent, does he? Oh, and does there's really? times where it gets kind of thick. They yeah, speak he's a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. 700 trillion languages in Ghana. So. Oh, of course they do, just to piss you off. Yeah. That's all I have to say. They speak Asante Twi, Akuapem Twi, Bono, Degare, Dangbani, Dangme, Ewe, Ga, Gonja, Kasem, Fante. See, I can get away with saying they, they talk in clicks and pops. Because who's going to get mad at me? Yeah, clicks and pops. They well, there are pop. click languages still. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, yeah. They're, they're very rare. Swahili used to be a click language, wasn't it? I don't think anymore. I don't think it is anymore. I finally I saw either. Black Panther because... Oh, you did? The plane I was on from Arizona back to here allowed me, you know, to watch movies. And they had a couple of platelet people with plates in their lips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I, the lip plates. Ubangi. And I was trying to see if they were, like, real <clears throat> people from there who were actors, or they went the extra step and put that on oh, That would be a pretty big step. <laughs> was it Ubangi's? I know they did the neck rings, but did Ubangi's also do the lip plates? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, they are the ones the who did plates. the gigantic lip plates. Yeah, the neck rings and lip pa- plates and all the ear stuff. Why don't you like... draw more attention to yourself? <laughs> That's all I have to say about that whole deal. Um, 
Yeah, so that'll be a that'll be a great week next week again. But I, I was really happy to see Joe Zimmerman. He's one of my favorite guys. He's very funny. He's very laid back. I was going to say the same guy. thing. He's very laid back. He's not a look at me type mm-hmm. comic. You mean like Cy? Exactly. <laughs> 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 Poor Cy's taking a beating. Although he did get complimented today too. Yeah. Um, Andy, do me a favor, would you please? Mm-hmm. I got my hair cut today mm-hmm. over at Great Clips, right across from your house. You know where the uh, Dairy Queen is? Okay. You don't know the Dairy Queen? Well, where Leanne Chin is. It's in that it's in that strip mall right behind Leanne Chin. Okay. So I, I had this all planned. It was wonderful. I was going to get a haircut and then go next door to the AT&T store because I need a new battery for my phone. Apple will Hello? not let them sell... Uh, he will not. They will not let them sell batteries. I have to go no. to an Apple store. No, yeah, mm-hmm. and you basically have to get a new phone. What? Yeah, you. Yeah, Apple doesn't really do battery oh, swaps. For God's sake! <laughs> um, My life is a living hell. That's all I have to say. Is that Mike? Mike is with us. Mike, how are Hello? you? Oh, hi. It's Mike Reese. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Mike Reese. I love the cover of your book. Aren't you kind? Thank you. It's. Uh, you know, we didn't have any legal rights to use The Simpsons, so that's just yellow and a zigzag. <laughs> could be anything. <laughs> could be anything. The clouds are kind of similar, but not completely. The writing of the word Springfield, that a little reminiscent. Uh, Springfield Confidential, jokes, secrets, and outright lies from a life writing, lifetime writing for The Simpsons. I will tell you, sir, uh, there are no bigger fans of that show than the people that are sitting in this room right now. I just think it's to this day. How many years now? Twenty? Is it 28 years now? No, we are beginning our 30th year. 30th Coming up year. on our 30th oh, season. God. And take you... that, Gunsmoke. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they just gun recently smoke. passed Gunsmoke. I remember yeah, on yeah, the... Uh... You know, we're, we're always very particular about this. We passed Gunsmoke for the number of seasons... Ten years ago, we sort of kicked Gunsmoke's butt ten yeah. years ago, but they had many more episodes. Yeah. They used to do a lot more shows in those days. So we just beat them for the number of episodes. That took another ten years, and there's no more records to break. Um, you know, we, we can go out on top any time now. You know, I, we got the same situation, although I looked it up, and it's going to be... Andy, could you look up and see if you could find the longest-lasting uh, morning show guy on the same radio station? No, I've, that, that information doesn't, doesn't exist. I've been on the same morning show now for 33 years. So I thought, you know Wow. And I, I got four years left on my current contract. I thought, I wonder if that's a record. 37 has to be close. 37. I, apparently it's 40 or 39. So if I, have to stay, I have to stay for another... Seven years if I want to break the all-time record for one guy at one radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least How you feeling, market. champ? Can you do it? <laughs> Let me just tell you something, young man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, Mike, I got to tell you, honestly, looking at uh, all of these, all these stories about Doug Kinney and all the rest of it, if you guys could have just found some funny people at the Harvard Lampoon, it would have been just wonderful. <laughs> it would have been just great for the rest of it. What an amazing story that is. Um, I just, I, so many wonderful things. And I do think, somebody asked me today, by coincidence, uh, if I were sick and I wanted to feel better, which movie would I turn to to watch 
And how many times have you seen it? And I don't know how many times I've seen it. But I would Sophie's probably, Choice. Uh, yeah, Sophie's <laughs> Choice. Nothing funnier. Th- the feel-good movie of the year. Nothing funnier than that. What the hell did you make that decision for? Um, no, it's, uh, pick the boy. Pick the boy. <laughs> I remember pick, pick. all the shouting in the theater when we saw it. Pick the boy. Um... <laughs> But I would watch probably Animal House, which, of course, was the first yeah. movie mm-hmm. uh, made by veterans of the Harvard Lampoon. Basically became the National Lampoon. Uh, or yep. the guys went from the Harvard Lampoon to the National to create the National Lampoon. It's just wonderful comedy. It's great stuff. With it. Whether you're talking near the Animal House and the Caddyshacks of the world, or you're talking to the Simpsons, I, I just honestly... See, to me right now, the only thing that maybe rivals the Simpsons for humor and underlying jokes that some people get and other people, it just goes right by them, which I love, is uh, that new, well, it's in its fifth season now, Silicon Valley, is very, very funny, but Mike Judge is always a, he's a very funny mm-hmm. guy himself. But uh, I Well, tell- I got to tell you, all the writers on that show, including the showrunner, are Harvard Lampoon guys. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> There you go. You know, we're, we're stealthy. You don't know where we are. One of the guys doing Curb Your Enthusiasm and Veep. We, we own HBO. We own it, but we don't subscribe to it. <laughs> Mike, where, where did it all start? Why did it happen that so many people... I mean, Harvard Lampoon's been around for, what, 150 years or something? I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a it's long... It's been 140 years. 140, uh, okay. It started in 1876, and... In the first century it was around, the only person who, who left the Harvard Lampoon and went into comedy was Fred Gwynn, the guy oh, who played yeah. Herman Munster. Herman Munster, yeah. Hmm. Herman Munster was president of the Harvard <laughs> Lampoon in like 1954, and then nobody, nobody, nobody for the longest time. And then in 1974, uh, this guy named Jim Downey, Oh, got yeah. hired by, a, they called Doug Kenny. They said, we're looking for somebody funny to work on Saturday Night Live, this new show we're doing. And he recommended Jim Downey. And Jim Downey just opened the door for a couple of more Harvard guys who opened the door for more Harvard guys. And that's it. It, it went from, I always call him the patient zero of comedy. Because uh, he's the reason there are now hundreds, literally a couple hundred Harvard Lampoon writers working in TV. And, they call us, in fact, they call us the Harvard Mafia, which I think is a, a very nasty flight against the Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really is. I didn't, I believe, because we've had him on this show many, many times, but didn't Al Jean start college at, at Harvard when he was 16 years old? He was 16 years old and uh, went there to become a doctor. And right. I was the guy, I sort of lured him out into comedy and if he'd stayed in medicine, you know, he would have cured cancer by now. So, uh, <laughs> That's probably true. So I have You're a, welcome. So. so I have a question for you. Uh, whether yeah. it be you or Al Jean or Jim Downing or, or, or Doug Kinney, didn't the parents say to you, do you think we pissed away all that money so you could write jokes? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All our parents were just horrified. Uh, I don't know when different parents came to grips with it. But, I mean, I was working for, I think, eight years before my father was resigned. I was writing for Johnny Carson. You know, oh, yeah. and it was a show he watched, and still he'd call me up, and 
this is not a joke. He called me up. He goes, have you thought about a career in cryptography? (laughs) (laughs) And I I said, what, you mean like an undertaker? He said, said, no, breaking codes. So that was it. He thought that was kind of a more stable profession for me than comedy. You you could have been a wind talker. It would have been wonderful. (laughs) There there are people who believe that, like you have required reading in in high school, that uh, Animal House should be required. Quiet viewing for seniors yeah, in high right. school to get wow. them ready for life. And I, when did you see it last? I mean, I've seen it a hundred times, but I, I, I haven't seen it twenty years. It's partly because I'm afraid it doesn't hold up. Does no, it? I've I've seen it in the past couple of years, and it to me it still holds up. That's great. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I just it blew my mind. I thought it was just that great. Now, Mike, I have to. Uh, how much time do you have with us today? Uh, I've only got about six or seven hours. So <laughs> seven hours, okay. Well, I just need to make a very, very quick break here and then come back. And can you stay for another 15 minutes? Would that be a problem? I would love to. Because there are a million things I want to talk about in Springfield Confidential, and it's not uh, anybody's hairline that you see in the front of the book. <laughs> it's totally different. We'll be right back. More Mike Reese right after this, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 55 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. This book has nothing to do with The Simpsons. I don't know why you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great theme, though. It is a great theme. It's like you knew when that came on, it was time to sit down and watch The Simpsons. There's speculation on the internet that Mr. Bergstrom is modeled after you. Do you have any comments uh, on that? It is 
a hundred percent. Like every rumor on the internet, it is a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> Good. It does. The, the story, the kind of gen- genesis of the episode. I was just talking about a teacher I had named Mister Beckstrom, and uh, it was John Vitti who wrote the script. Just got the name wrong, but Mister Beckstrom had a deformed hand, and. Uh, the first day of class, he would shake hands with everyone. And it was just like, Let's get over this. Yeah. And uh, it was really good. He was just a great teacher. So I told this story, and Jim Brooks just turned it into the whole story of Mr. Bergstrom. And uh, I said, and he said, let's give the man some kind of deformity, you know, because it really humanizes him. Like your teacher has, you're way ahead of me. And so the deformity they gave him was they made him look exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. See, it's true. Yeah, Sam Simon actually drew the caricature. I remember seeing so geez, that guy looks familiar. And uh, we we made the character Jewish, and they said we need a really Jewish face. And so I think they turned ninety degrees, and there I was. So yes, I am Mr. Burster. <laughs> I just, you know, you've had so many people, uh, writers come and go on the show, brilliant, brilliant people. It just, it has to be just a wonderful life when you wake up and go, I work on The Simpsons. That's got to be a wonderful thing. It's really great. I mean, it's what came out in writing the book. You know, I, I thought, well, I thought I would just tell my story, but what came out in writing it was, oh, there's no dirt, there's no friction, there's no... There's no gossip. There's no scandal. You know, there, there was a little hostility in the early years. And then something happened. We had a bad afternoon five years later. And then the rest of the run of the show has been so nice, so pleasant. And I think that's as much uh, as anything a reason the show keeps going. It's fun. People love their job. Yeah. I mean, you, you've you had people like Dana Gould go through and, and Conan O'Brien. I, I for for a bit there, or quite a bit actually. I mean, some some names that people go, I didn't know they worked on The Simpsons, but uh, I just think it's a it's perfect comedy. It's it's. Do people get insulted by the the the, uh, the Simpsons? Because I don't. Is there anything about The Simpsons that people go, Oh, that's not funny. It all happened the first season, the oh, very first okay. season, and even. Like the first six or seven episodes, that's where George H.W. Bush criticized the show. Barbara Bush came out and said, this is yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever seen, which made me think, hey, lady, look at your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes, we, we took a lot of heat for the first six weeks. And after that, anyone who thought they might be offended by The Simpsons stopped watching. And we literally... Haven't had any complaints since. We don't get angry mail or anything like that. We just kind of sort of sail along. So now I get all the angry mail that you no longer get. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. You know, it's funny. We were we had Joe Zimmerman, a very funny comedian, in, in the studio uh, the previous hour, and he's from West Virginia originally, Morgantown, West Virginia, and we went through the fact that people think West Virginia is Virginia. And Virginia is West Virginia, and they just get totally confused. And I said, I've never been confused by that. 
because the former governor of Virginia hates my guts. So, you know, Terry McAuliffe <laughs> is not a big fan of mine. So I know where Virginia is and I know where West Virginia is. So basically, Mike, what I'm saying is my whole life is based on who hates me. So that's good. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a good thing. It's, you know, it, it, you have your categories and it just is what it is and, and life works, you know. Now, yeah. I have some, some friends like, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, who's one of the greatest guys ever born. So, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, he's a great guy. You ever talked to Billy Bob? Great. I've never talked to him. I'm, I'm a big fan. He's certainly great. Oh, you got to have him on that. He should be a, a voice on. You should ask him if he uses Sling Blade voice on The Simpsons sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Talking to Homer. I, I heard a comic on XM Radio talk about that he. He think guys should use that voice as an aphrodisiac to win. Oh, the, the sling blade voice? Yeah, that's going to work. Uh, uh, Mike, are you a married man? I am a married man. No, have, coming up on 30 years. And you have children? Uh, I have no children. Well, because I, uh, I was going to say, they would be the biggest hits of all in their schools. There'd be no doubt about that. Yes, uh, I, I have no kids. I write children's books. I have right. written 18 I produced 18 children's books right. and no children whatsoever. That is and amazing. It, it beats being the other way around, I would say. <laughs> How Murray Saved Christmas, Santa Claustrophobia, The Boy Who Looked Like Lincoln. I mean, we could go on and on and on. That's why I, I wanted to ask you because it's not uncommon for people who have no children or just one child to write children's books. It's it's the uh, it's predominant. It's, it you is. Look yeah. at the classic ones like yep. Beatrix Potter, Lewis Carroll, Doctor Seuss. All these people had no kids. Right. And I don't know. If it's, I don't know the explanation whether the child is alive within them or just you know they. If you have no kids, suddenly you have time to write children's books. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to worry about kids messing and everything. Now, does your does your wife love the show? Uh, you know what? I literally turn around and go, "Is she in the room?" She doesn't really <laughs> like the show. She's, uh, does not, not surprise me. Doesn't surprise she likes me. Likes the at all. things the show buys. So. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, we have the same problem in that uh, that Catherine will listen because I do a morning show as well as this afternoon show, and and she once in a while listens to it, but basically she and my daughter. Uh, criticize the fact that I bring stuff up on the air that they want kept personal. They don't uh-huh. like that at all. But in a, in a way, I suppose your wife might see things that you've written or produced uh, on, on The Simpsons like, well, that was something that happened in our family. Why did you put that on national television? Does that ever happen? Yes. Uh, those are the weeks when those are, that's on the show. Those are the weeks we watch 60 Minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. What I found is I, I've used a lot of my life on The Simpsons. Yeah. And the people I'm using never seem to recognize themselves, or at least they don't tell me. So I, bet, I think you probably, you're, when you're watching The Simpsons, you're completely disconnected from the idea, oh, this might really be me. So do you think they just can't, they can't own up to the fact that that might be them? Yeah, yeah, I think that may be it. I don't know, but I, I will continue to steal from my friends so <laughs> I get caught. But I think that's why the show has been such a hit, and it's why I love the show, because it is over the top, but it's real life. 
I, yeah. I, that's why I love watching it, because it's real life, exaggerated in some cases, and in other cases, not exaggerated. It's fantastic. It's, it's been a, a rule of thumb. The weirder and more messed up the world gets, the better The Simpsons get. And, <laughs> it's true. And this is this is not a joke. Uh, what was it? Donald Trump was elected, I think, November 8th, 2016. Mm-hmm. On November 9th, Fox calls us up and says, you're picked up for two more years. <laughs> <laughs> Just to go after him. Yeah. So no. he really is a job creator. He's a job creator. No, has his voice ever been used on The Simpsons? I don't know. No, we parodied him many times, and we even right. broke an old Simpsons rule because we never do topical comedy yeah. on the show. Right. Because it takes us nine months to animate it. But we, you know, we couldn't resist Trump, and especially. He sort of came on the scene in a big way during the summer when we were off the air. So we paid a fortune and rushed a bunch of animation through about Trump and just threw it on YouTube just because we thought the Simpsons have to be on record about this and what's going on. Yeah, I suppose. Is there any argument in the Simpsons family between... Homer and everybody else is—is is anybody a Trump supporter? Because no. I haven't—I have not noticed that. The only political one is Lisa. Yeah, she's yeah, that's right. Lisa is the political one. That's true. I think the, there was, I can. There was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There was a. Uh, I don't know if you know this story. It's a story in the book that the editor said you can't put this in. You know, this is a book of nonfiction. I said this is true. Uh, while Ted Cruz was running for president in 2016. There was this, uh, it looked like Harry Shearer might not re- be returning to the Simpsons. Right, I remember so, that, yep. So Ted Cruz cut an audition video. <laughs> he, by the same time he's running for president, uh, he what? made a video doing Harry Shearer voices. Oh, and uh, that makes two jobs he didn't get that year. And uh, But go on YouTube <laughs> and you'll see. Just look on YouTube for Ted Cruz auditions for the Simpsons and you'll see. Really? That guy's not good at anything. (laughs) So none of it was funny? None of it was close? He was, you know, what was very interesting was, uh, no, none of it was close, but it was clear he really knows the show. He must really be a fan. And then, so about a year ago, he made this statement, I think the Simpsons would vote for me for president. Is that a, nah. What? Oh, God. He said that, and there was all this outrage, and then he, he said, well, maybe not, Lisa. And it raised the question, well, who, would anyone in the Simpsons family vote for Ted Cruz? And Hi, the consensus was Homer would start to do it, and then March would talk him out of it. <laughs> You know, I think, uh, I, Andy, think, I think Andy has some Ted Cruz I think auditioning. I have it. I, I'm not sure if Mike's going to be able to hear it because of the way Skype works. But, well, we'll uh, just play a, yeah. a short bit of it. We'll see. Here we go. Smithers, release the hounds. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Heidly ho, neighbor. Oakley doakley, neighborino. One of the great experiences. That's actually Ted That's Cruz. That's Ted Cruz. Mike, can you hear that? Dad, I can't I'm hear a vegetarian. It, no. That's I don't eat animals. It's just but horrendous. Animals are so delicious. <laughs> There's yeah. the animal we get That's bacon. just his voice <laughs> reading. <laughs> yeah, just yeah he's not even doing it. I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Be so, more funny. <laughs> 
See now <laughs> that funny. Mike, I, I'm so glad you played that because Mike, I gotta I gotta ask you this. Remember I just mentioned a guy who hates my guts, <laughs> Terry McAuliffe. Yeah. There's another guy you've heard of named Garrison Keeler who cannot stand me because I've made the the point. No one who was born and raised in Anoka, Minnesota, talks like that. Where did he get that <laughs> accent, right? And he's been pissed off at me now for 33 years. And then well, when... look who's still standing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't touched up any women, which really helps. It really helps. But um, I, when you, when Homer went after Prairie Home Companion, it was like, oh my God, this is like a, it's a gift from above for me. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that guy, you know, when when all the trouble came down on him, I think half of half the world was going, I'm not surprised. I mean, he just, there was a, always a really creepy vibe to that guy that made him say, stay away from Minnesota. Now, Mike, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I love you. I just want you to know that after that statement. <laughs> Honest to God. He's always had this creepy vibe about him. He's a weird-looking guy anyway. But he's just, I'm so far superior to everyone. Who's <laughs> what the hell? Where did you get that accent? Yeah. Nobody in Minnesota talks. Nobody anywhere that I know of in the world talks like that. I mean, yeah, maybe like someone was born in Oxford and never left, but... <laughs> oh, God. Anoka, no. Very different from Oxford. I did love it when he was popped for uh, sexually harassing women. I may have to leave the country. <laughs> like, good God. So pretentious. <laughs> so pretentious. Like, oh, my God. Mike, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a dream for me to talk to. And and please say hello to Al Jean for me, if you would. I, he, he's another guy I just think the world of. It's brilliant. It's very, very funny. It's been funny going into its 30th year now. Um, uh, the guy who wrote the foreword now, who's that? Judd Apatow? I don't know if I've ever Judd heard of him. Judd Apatow. He was just some kid who used to write for me. He used to work for me. Now he doesn't return my call. Oh, well, I'll get him to return your I'll, I'll strong arm him returning your calls. Mike, what a great pleasure to have you on. Mike Reese with Matthew Clickstein, forward by Judd Apatow. Springfield Confidential, Jokes, Secrets, and Outright Lies from a Lifetime of Writing for The Simpsons. It's brilliant, very funny, and this interview has been just a ball for my son Andy and everybody in this room. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a pure pleasure for me. I could talk to you all day. We'll talk again. I would love to. That would be wonderful. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. I cannot wait to read this book. We just got it today, so I haven't read it yet, but I cannot wait to read it. I'm a huge fan. You can just tell that he's laid back but has a wonderful, quick sense of humor. Oh, God, yes. I think all the Simpson writers, they're just, they have to be just a ball. I would Mm -hmm. love to sit in the room while they're trying to write an episode. Oh, God. Can you (laughs) imagine that? That is going to do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Tom Bernard Show.